Welcome you to the official Titans podcast, better known as the OTP. My name is Mike Keith, joined as usual by Amy Wells. Hello, Mike. How are you? Oh, so good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Joined by Titans Radio's draft duo, Coach Dave McGinnis and Rhett Bryan. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Mike. Glad to have you with us. Coach Mack, uh, more than any of the rest of us, you were the one that had to survive the tornado. Went right over the top of me. I mean, if uh, if people are asking me how, how it is, I mean, that's about the third one I've survived. Uh, you know, at varying day. this one was the this one was the closest. It was sounded like somebody was landing a seven forty seven on top of my house. You know, I was I'm in East Nashville. It was destroyed. You know, I'm right in that path. I'm about two blocks from Lachlan Table, and it was just completely destroyed. I mean, I've still got no I've got no power. Our neighborhood won't have power for a long time. I mean, there are trucks. I mean, there's trucks, police. There's it's going to be. It was devastating. I mean. It, it, it when you are around that stuff and it hits you close, the the um, power that those things and and how quick it comes. I had about twenty seconds to find an inside wall, you know, before it before it hit, and then uh, it it was devastating. I've got there's a church right across the street from me that's completely blown away, and you know my structure's still standing. I got dings on my truck door. That's it. I mean, I can I can live without power for a while. You don't really realize how much you like electricity. I didn't say appreciate. I say like electricity till you don't have it. Obviously, uh, have a lot of people to think of and to keep in mind a loss of life, uh, loss of structure, loss of, you know, convenience in term. I mean, it, it hits on so many different levels, and there are some that are considerably more serious than others oh, being, sure. being inconvenienced is is one thing but uh, uh losing losing people you love and and i mean it's just awful uh, not only do we have to keep in mind davidson county and wilson county but our friends in putnam county and uh, devastating the, the great people of the area of cookville tennessee and our, our friend larry stone who owns stonecom radio there titans radio's uh, godfather himself yes. and um as you're as you're out doing things, as you're giving money, as you're donating your time, as you're donating your resources, don't forget people outside of the immediate right. Nashville area. You want to help everybody in Nashville, but my goodness, I mean, the Cookville thing is horrendous. It's the deadliest tornado in you in, in Tennessee history, oh, yeah. and they've been keeping records of that for over sixty years now. Uh, it's an EF three. Maybe EF four. Uh, they're, they're, the weather service is doing other surveys of this thing, and the damage path is devastating. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Well, the reason we're mentioning it on the OTP is we know there are a lot of people who subscribe to the official Titans podcast who are outside the area who want to help people. There are people uh, outside the country who want to help people. So as you see different ways to help, and they will continue to come out, Again, keep the people in Nashville in mind, but keep those outside of Nashville in mind, too, when you when you have a desire to help, because so much of the national publicity is going to be about right. Nashville. It's a Middle Tennessee thing, it, not a Nashville yeah, thing. And it's, a, yeah. it's certainly a big thing in Cookville, too, and we want to remind you of that. Absolutely. We are here to recap the Combine, 
and talk about what we saw. Dave McGinnis and Rhett Bryan did the whole thing. Amy Wells and I just basically took a pass. We showed <laughs> up. I mean, we were there, and we were engaging with we sort the of, masses. We bought the T-shirt. Yeah, we bought a T-shirt and, like, pictures, ate a hot mate. dog, but, like, we didn't stick around till the fourth quarter. Can, so, I, can I stop yeah. both of you right now? Sure. I was with you for the first three days when you were there. You guys were outstanding. Well, you thanks. Got some, you got some tremendous guests, uh, you know, there for the, for the OTP. I mean, really good stuff. You guys did – Yeoman's work doing that. I mean, I and so well, we try hard. I no, mean, you did more. When you we did go, more we try hard. You we, got legitimate guests. When we go, we we try hard. You got yeah. legitimate guests and did a nice job. We did an OTP from up there that uh-huh. I thought it was, was fun. Very, it was yeah. very good, very well received. Thank yeah. you for all the nice comments out there about that. Uh huh. It was very fun. All right. So at the combine, you see everybody, Amy. Everybody. Who was the person you were most excited to see? Well, the person I was most excited. I'm going to say talk to because I looked at him, too, was Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah. He is always such a fun guy to talk to because he's so knowledgeable and he explains things in a way that you don't feel like you're completely out of the loop. I mean, he talks about these guys like they're friends that he has been following for years, and he's so knowledgeable and he's so gracious to talk with us every year. And it was really, really good to get his insight. Brett, this was only your second combine. Correct. So you get to see everybody there. Who were you excited to run into? Now, were we talking players or were it we talking about? Whoever you want to talk okay, about. Okay, good. Whoever because the person you. I wanted to see who did not work out but will do so at his LSU Pro Day on uh, April 3rd is Kalevon Chason, the pass rusher. Uh, you went, just wanted to see this dude. I wanted to see him up close. Uh, he has a neck as long as a giraffe. He's like Merton Hanks of the 49ers. Wow. But he's a he's a big sculpted tall dude. That uh, is going to be one of the conversations the closer we get to the draft. And as we are here right now, it's 50 days out. But he did not work. He did not work out. He's going to do it at his pro day. But I wanted to go to his podium feed because just to see what kind of dude he is. Loved his confidence. He said, do you want to hire a guy that speaks one language or is multilingual? I speak three languages. I can rush the passer. I can drop back in coverage and cover most anybody. And I can defend the run. Those are his three languages. I'm the I'm the best pass rusher in this draft. Those are his three languages. Yep, I'm sold. Yeah, I mean, I'm I thought you were going to say like German, whatever. I I mean, I'm I would be happy yeah, if he, he spoke didn't study German. abroad in Liechtenstein or anything. <laughs> All I care about is can can you hit the quarterback? And he says I can pass rush. I can drop in coverage. I can defend the run. Fine. I'm, I'm like. That's the three tools that I want in I my pass rush. I speak those languages. And I just, I'm fascinated by this guy because I think when you put him in a pass rusher situation and line him up in one position, and he can play multiple, he's going to excel and do it well. I am fluent in those languages. Coach Mack, you know everybody. So how in the world could you say who you were excited to see? Well, I, I know everybody, and I saw everybody because I, you know, I sat in the in Lucas Oil from four o'clock until eleven o'clock Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and then from two to six on Sunday. So I had a chance to see everybody and in the hallways. And we've already said on our OTP, I was very excited to meet all of the security dogs because I did. <laughs> meet, I, I, I met every one of them up there. And of course then, you were. Then I've had several people get a hold you of. You know, these. they would not let Peter King. 
pet the security dog. No, they hey, wouldn't. Here's he wrote about it in his column from the combine. No, and, and I've I've heard about that because people have heard our thing. Let me tell you what the last day when uh, I was I was walking through the interview place that they were tearing it down, and and the, one of the security guards was standing at the at the end of it. You know, those are big rooms. It was at the very end, and he was standing there with my friend Bingo, and I and I just whistled it I whistled at Bingo, and he unhooked Bingo, and Bingo came running sprinting across the the whole floors to see me. So and Bingo. So, Beautiful black lab had her own credential hanging mm-hmm. around her neck. Yeah, so tell Peter King he needs to be Coach Mack before he gets in with the guard dogs. This is why <laughs> Coach Mack, I'm calling him the Mo, the mayor of everywhere. The mayor of everywhere. Player wise, the guy that I really, really wanted to wanted to see, if we're talking about player wise, I was really, really interested to see Tristan Wirfs because this guy to me is probably one of the is is O tackle Iowa. Yeah, but he'll be more than that. Look, he's he reminds me. I drafted Leonard Davis number one out of Texas when Big was coming out of out of Texas, and we played him at tackle. But I said, once somebody moves him into guard, he will be a perennial Pro Bowler, which he was. This guy, this guy could play either or. And if somebody has the has the wherewithal and the ability on their offensive line to play him at guard, he will be devastating, devastating. Now, Rhett, which positions were better than you thought they were going to be? I've been sold on interior defensive linemen as just I, I like big guys that just you know are, are up there in the the line of scrimmage in the in the trenches, uh, and I didn't think it was quite as deep as I initially thought. This is one that I think is better, uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, first of all, there's a couple guys that really helped themselves in the combine process. One of them, Ross Blacklock from TCU. Uh, big, big physical guy. Derek Brown is the leader of that group at Auburn. He's going to be the one that's going to be taken. He didn't have as great a combine, but there's Marlon Davidson from Auburn. I'm fascinated by this story of the Davis twins from Nebraska. Adopted when they were infants. Great story. We'll share that sometime. But Carlos and Khalil Davis ran two of the fastest 40 times for big men uh, in the history of the combine in this thing. But a guy who really upped his stock outside of uh, Javon Kinlaw is Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. 6-2-304 and uh, ran, uh, ran a really good uh, 40 for that size, 4 7 9 had a good three-cone drill, but he, he's a guy – he's a Canadian dude. He was the number one Canadian prospect in 2015 uh, out of Ottawa, Ontario. And uh, he is a guy that is improving his stock. And he, I think he's a first night one Thursday round pick – Thursday night round first-round pick in this deal. Interior defensive line – there's some guys that can do some stuff here. You know, for me, it was the interior linebackers because nobody has talked about these guys, you know, you know, coming through. And then just watching them work, you know, I think there's there's more. And, of course, the, the Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray, those are the two top guys in this draft coming out. But just looking at some of the numbers uh, while I was watching the linebackers work out, Joe Bocci from Michigan State, you know, his 6'1", 230-pound linebacker, 26 uh, reps on the bench. He ran 4'6'7". That's a space linebacker. That's a guy that can play Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Where is Zach Bond going to play in the National Football League? 6023-238. He made his living at Wisconsin playing a lot of different places, 24 but he ran 465. That is a space linebacker. That that's what's going on in this league and that, that that's what you look about. Sean Bradley from Temple, 6005-235. Not as strong a little bit but he ran 451. 
And so we've seen what had happened when you can develop those space linebackers that can run. And, and to me, that group had a little. Now, there were some of the guys that I wanted to see work out that didn't work out that I know are, are good space players just watching them play. But that inside linebacker group, to me, has kind of been looked over in this draft. But there are some guys that can run. Uh, a, a guy named Davion Taylor from Colorado, 604 228. All right, sounds a lot like some of the guys that ran four five three. There are some guys that have space ability that will play in the National Football League because you're playing 60% of your snaps in the National Football League in sub packages. Now let's flip this. Which positions were not as good or as strong as you expected them to be? Interior offensive linemen, centers and guards. They aren't top flight. And you had this suspicion going into this whole thing. I don't think there'll be a guard taken in the first round. Uh, Cesar Ruiz of Michigan will probably be the top interior offensive lineman taken, and that'll be probably near the middle of round two. You know, I, I thought going in, and I agree with Rhett. I mean, that to me is that is is where, as far as you talk about impact players, that's where they they aren't. And the other the other spot is tight end. You know, there's not a dominating tight end as there were last year. You know, coming out of Iowa, two of them. There are some decent ones, but there are some there are tight ends that have different traits that you're going to have to be able to live without if you want to take a tight end in this draft to make an immediate impact. Mac, what do you think is the strength of this draft just overall? Wide receivers. I mean, without a doubt, it's wide receivers. I mean, you've got you've got guys that that, that have all types of different ability. And, and I was just talking about uh, numbers, and I know we'll talk about speeds here in a little while with these wide receivers. But you you had you had dudes that could run, run. You know, and 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 you know, the, people were wondering how that was going to affect the times as far as running running at night because this is the first time we've done that in prime time in this combine since it's been there. There were some fabulous times posted by these wide receivers, and we'll talk about this too, but the change in the wide receiver drills, you could see some guys, and because that's where offenses are going now. But the wide receiver to me is the definite strength of this draft. I would say cornerback and running back to go with that, but I'll underline what Coach Mack's saying about the wide receivers to give you an example of how many talented guys there are. And a guy that improved his stock in this is Chase Claypool of Notre Dame, who measured in at 6'4", 238. He ran a 4-4-2-40 at that size, 19 reps at 225, a 10-6 broad jump, a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. That is what Coach Mack's talking about. We haven't even talked about the top flight ones yet. No, we haven't. And just to his point, I mean, Denzel Mims from Baylor. I mean, nobody's mentioning him as a top flight guy. 6'3", 208 pounds, 4'3", now we get you know four three eight a thirty eight and a half inch vertical and when for our listeners for vertical when I when we give you vertical and broad jump numbers and you ask why is that important that demonstrates explosiveness and for these some positions it's extremely more important than others but the, the game of football is a game of short quick burst I mean that's what it is and and uh, to his point with Claypool and Denzel Mims ten nine broad jump. I mean, at 6'3", 208 pounds, 4'3", 8". Guys, that's, you know, we throw these numbers out like they're nothing. You don't understand how fast 4'3", is for a human. I mean, that is fast, fast at that size. I want to jump to edge rushers, if that's okay. As a group, did they show up better, worse, 
were the same as you thought they would at the combine? I thought it was about the same. I thought it was, and, and but I was able to distinguish being at the workouts and watching to kind of reinforce some opinions that I had because when you talk about edge rushers, you've got to differentiate. Are you talking about four three edge rushers? Are you talking about sub edge rushers? Or are you talking about three four edge rushers that also have to be able to play first and second down and convert from going forward to going backwards? Those are the things that you have to you know. So you need to you need to delineate a little bit of what you're talking about about edge rushers. And of course, we all know what Chase Young is. We didn't see him work. It doesn't matter. We know what he is if you turn on ten seconds of tape. You can watch. You understand what it is. Uh, Rhett's guy, Chase On, is another one of those guys. But uh, I enjoyed watching Yatur Gross Matos work on He didn't run a 40, but watching him work on the floor, he's got that athletic ability. Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Can I go back to Gross Matos for a second? Go ahead. After what you saw, could he play 3-4? Yes. Okay. Because going in, you felt like he might just be a 4-3 edge guy. But you've changed your mind a little bit. Well, not changed my mind. It just because I didn't see him do enough of that stuff right. on tape. I just wanted to see, but you could see the innate athleticism. I think he could. What the combine's for? That's exactly what it's for. I mean, and, you know, and especially, <clears throat> you know, when I was coaching, you get to go to school and work them out. You get to work them out uh, position specific to what you want to do. But, but my my thought is yes. Terrell Lewis from Alabama, you know, is a guy that has fought some injuries there. You know, watching him go through the drills, he was a power guy. I still think he's a power guy. He didn't. I saw Curtis Weaver from Boise State. So your answer was that they they did about what I thought. There were some guys that uh, you know like, like E.J. Epinesa from Iowa. You know this is a four three guy. I mean, he's definitely a 4-3 guy. He is not a guy you're going to stand up in a 3-4 outside. He's a power guy. He's not a bendy edge guy, but he is a powerful guy that will find a place in the first round with 4-3 teams. And I thought it was about the same as well, although there are some guys that I wanted to see work out in this that are in the next couple of tiers down from the elite guys. Joshua Uchi from Michigan didn't work out. He had a hamstring he suffered at the Senior Bowl. Bradley Ganai from Utah is a guy that people are talking about, but not as fast or bendy in this thing when you start showing what he can do in some of the new drills that were introduced this year at the Combine. But I think it, it, Coach Max right on this. You know, you know who the guys are in this thing, and uh, I think the, the pass rusher class is probably as represented. Let me just say this from this, from this point, though. With edge rushers in the National Football League, so much of that depends on what your scheme is, and it also goes to the point that I made about your staff's ability to develop somebody beyond what you saw them doing collegiately. I want to stay on the defensive side of the ball, and I want to talk about cornerbacks a little bit. If you're looking for a cornerback with elite speed for coverage, so not just fast, but as Coach Max says, fast, fast, can you find him in this draft? Rhett, you start. Absolutely you can because uh, two of the top 10 40 times in this combine were cornerbacks. One of them is Javelin Guidry from Utah. And the other is a guy who is a defensive back from Louisiana Tech, uh, J- uh, Legarius Sneed. Javelin Guidry, 4-2-9. Legarius Sneed, 4-3-7. So, yeah, and, and then Coach Max got a slew of guys under 4-5. To run under 4-5, again, is, is, is fast. It's fast, fast, and and he mentioned he mentioned those two guys, you know. But but you start looking, uh, you, you go to to Javarius Davis from Auburn, four three nine. C.J. Henderson, Florida, four three nine. Troy Pride, Notre Dame, four four zero. Tanner Muse, Clemson, four four one. Josiah Scott, Michigan State, four four two. Are you counting these, Amy? A.J. Terrell, <laughs> Clemson, really a lot. Four four two. Reggie Robinson, Tulsa, four four four. 
uh, Kendall, I mean, I've, I've got just lists. I mean, I, it goes on down the way. Their speed at corner in this draft, and the reason is we, we said that this was, was a high class in wide receivers. That's what's going on offensively in, in, in collegiate football. It's what's going on offensively. We just saw a track team win the, you know, the, the Super Bowl trophy this year. And these guys are guys that are, have to come in to cover these people. There are a lot of them. So 18 corners under 4-5 and some of them world-class track speed. Rhett was counting for me. Thanks, Rhett. Red, here to help. Red is helpful in that way. Just trying to help. But what we're saying is we're saying you can find a corner of any style, any maker model, so to speak, yep. throughout 250-plus picks. Mm-hmm. Well, and Mac brought up the wide receivers, and I think that we've been talking since the very beginning about how deep and how strong this wide receiver class is. But when you guys got there, did it live up to the hype? Did that group, seeing them work out and perform the drills that we had been anticipating them doing, yeah. did they live up to the excitement that you is were expecting? Is there every make and model of wide receiver? There absolutely yeah. is. Yep. There's, there's all the way from Ruggs that ran 4-2-8 all, all the way to Jawan Jennings who ran 4-7-2. That's a pretty big spread of body type and speed type, but there are a lot of them. And, and, and Rhett's got the numbers of the fastest wide receivers, you know, because I sat there and watched every one of them work out. But speed, speed steps out at you. Rhett's got those numbers, and I'll give you the number of wide receivers that were under 4-5 there. So six of the top ten fastest 40 times at the Combine were wideouts. Henry Ruggs, Alabama, 4-2-7. That screams explosion. That's, he, that's an Oakland – that's an Oakland, Oakland – that's a Las Vegas Raiders pick. No, right it's there. an Oakland. Yeah. It's an Al Davis yes. Oakland yeah. Raiders pick. Uh, wide receiver <laughs> yeah. Quez Watkins from uh, Southern Mississippi, four three five. Denzel Mims, the aforementioned uh, receiver from Baylor, four three eight. Darnell Mooney from Tulane, who is also a kick returner, four three eight. Devin Duvernay of Texas, four three nine. And then a guy from Liberty that people are talking about that was in the combine invite. Liberty, Antonio- Liberty, <laughs> Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> no Limu Emu here, but it is Antonio uh, – I'm sorry, Antonio Gibson is who I was thinking of. I was thinking Antonio Gandy Golden. Never mind. Antonio Gibson from Memphis, 4-3-9 as well. But there's a ton of guys under 4-5. In fact, there's 13 more Coach Mack has. Yeah, we've already talked about Chase Claypool. you got Tyree Cleveland, 4-4-6 uh, out of Florida. Isaiah Coulter from Rhode Island. Rhode Island had three players. And he's a real prospect, He's, he's a prospect. Look, look, Rhode Island – The had, Rams. Rhode Island – the what were they, Mike? The Rams. <laughs> and they had three prospects at the combine. Think about that. Rhode Island, three prospects. Uh, Stephen Gidry, Mississippi State, four four seven. John Hightower from Boise, who's an interesting dude, four four three. Justin Jefferson from LSU, that may have helped himself as much Ooh. as anybody in this draft at four four three. We'll talk about him later. Jerry Judy from Alabama. Everybody knows that name. Judy, he, Judy, Judy. He ran four four five. Desmond Patton, Washington State, four four eight. Donovan Peoples Jones, Michigan, four four. Jalen Rager, Frog. BCU. Uh, <laughs> how did we know he was going to do that? <laughs> four, four, seven. I got Joe Reed, Freddie Swain, Jeff Thomas. You they're, got it. Nineteen of them under four, five. All right. So, wow. so here's what we got. We we got a lot of fast receivers. I want to talk about Juwan Jennings because he's from Murfreesboro. He played at Tennessee. He ran four, seven, two. Coach Mack, do you think that teams were surprised that's what he ran, or do you think that's about what they expected? Nobody was surprised. And I'll okay. tell you who wasn't surprised first and foremost is him. Okay. And he said that in his interview. When you, if you listen to him, he said, no, I'm not going to run good. I don't. That's not my game. 
And, and, and nobody, nobody was surprised. I got a lot of talk about him when I was there because I drafted Anquan Bolden and everybody, you know, it, for any receiver that runs over 4-5 in the draft or over 4-6 in the draft, the comparison always comes back to, yeah, well, Anquan Bolden ran 4-7-2, and he did, and I drafted him. And so, and we know what And that of, worked out. Uh, yeah, pretty good. And so we know what kind of, you know, so – but Jennings knew he wasn't going to run fast. That's not his game. Nobody cared. That will not alter his stock at all. So the fact that the national media went nuts and basically threw a funeral for his chances is completely out the window because of, A, the tape, and, B, there's going to be a team or two that is just going to love and want him, and they're not worried about a stopwatch. Mike Keith, you said that so well. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to want him just like I wanted you know, Anquan Bolin, I didn't care. I wanted him. Somebody's going to have to want him, and when they do, he's drafted. Once he gets in the door of a com- of a organization, then it's up to him. All right, so let's move to offensive tackles. So we've, we've hit the wide receivers and the corners, and we've talked about how deep they are. We've hit the edge rushers, a, a position that Titans fans are always interested in. Offensive tackles. Dave McGinnis, how many go in the top 50 after what you saw in Indianapolis? Five. Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To, to me, there will be five. You know, if, if you want the names of them, here's the one that I go uh, go real early. I mean, the first 50 picks, Makai Becton from Louisville. Come on. Beast. Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Tristan Wirfs. Watching all these guys work, I mean, it's impressive to watch. Uh, Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Austin Jackson from USC. And then there's a next tier right below them – that it depends on how much you like them. They might sneak in there. Lucas Nyang from TCU, Jice Jones from Houston, Isaiah Wilson from Georgia, who had a massive offensive line this year, and then a guy that I really like that is moving up. That people he, he's much like if you like him, you're going to take him, and you don't care what anybody else thinks about it. Is Ezra Cleveland from Boise State? All right, running back. Is the depth at running back what you hope, Dave McGinnis? Yes, absolutely, it is, and and it, it it is, and when you and when you watch when you watch the running backs work, and and what I liked is they had some different drills for the running backs this year that are more consistent with what's going on in the National Football League, and there is there is depth from top to bottom, and there's also any flavor that that, that you would want out of the, out of the running backs. Yes, Mike answer to that is without a doubt yes and let me, let me say this if you're not looking for a premier running back but you're looking for a complimentary running back as to what the national football league is going to nowadays there are these people so the fact that clyde edward elaire ran a 4-6-1-40 does that bother you not at all because his game is not that his game is between the tackles his game is a physical game he can catch the football this guy is a chain mover and and his competitive nature is off the charts i i like him that doesn't bother me at all you know what Rhett Bryan likes to talk about more than even his daughter no, that's not true. <laughs> almost, almost as much as Gracie. He likes to talk about defensive tackles in the 2020 NFL draft. <laughs> Rhett Bryan, give me some of the defensive tackles that you like. Okay, well, Raquan Williams, Michigan State. Uh, Rashard Lawrence, LSU. And I mentioned some earlier in this, and I'll go back to Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. And I mentioned he's 6'2", 304, ran a, a 4'7", the Ottawa madman there. According to ESPN stats and information, Gallimore is just one of three defensive linemen to post a sub 480 since 2006. Wow. So, again, top Canadian prospect out of high school in 2015 before he redshirted his freshman year at Oklahoma. I mentioned the Davis twins of Nebraska, Carlos and Khalil. 
Uh, good combine workouts by them. Khalil's 4.75.40 and Carlos's 4.82.40 uh, are the other two top big men uh, speeds in this combine in this thing. A guy that really helped himself in this group that is coming on in this is Malcolm Roach from Texas. He's a run-stopping specialist. He's got the body of a three-technique, 6'2", 297. He's uh, 4.84 in the 40, 30-inch vertical leap for a big guy. Explosion. 9.5 nine, broad jump in this thing. A guy that didn't help himself that I know we're going to get to is Derek Brown from Auburn. All He's right. still at the pick of the litter All in this right, thing. All right, so let Derek Brown, and, and Derek Brown, beast for the Auburn Tigers, beast. Didn't have a great combine. Coach Mack, does Derek Brown drop very much because of his combine? No, no, not at all. There's too much. There's too much evidence on the tape there. Uh, he does not, and especially when you ask him what to do, and that that's and that's kind of the yin and the yang of the of the combine. And you've got to you've got to trust your eyes. You got to trust the, what the film says, and then just and, and it wasn't like he was awful. It's just like some of the big when you start once you get when you get to the combine. Sometimes the environment, especially the external environment of the combine, is you got to wow somebody with numbers to be a good football player. That could not be further from the truth. This guy's a good football player. That won't touch it at all. Quarterbacks get a lot of attention at the NFL Combine. I mean, for good reason. They're important guys. But what was the top Combine story in your guys' opinion when it comes to the quarterback group? Rhett? Well, I'm going to go back to an earlier OTP. And I think it's Tua Tagovailoa winning the medical combine as he wanted to do. And as we all know in this, the medical information that's cultivated out of this and is gleaned and the interviews are the biggest things that evaluators and, and coaches and GMs get out of this deal. And his hospital visit there in Indianapolis to check out that hip that had been fractured began at 10 a.m. Eastern. It lasted nine more hours. Oof. But the thing is, the hip's all good. He should be back to running and showing off more of those kinds of skills by the time that his pro day rolls around April the 9th, which is timely in this thing because uh, that happens to be about three weeks plus uh, from the NFL draft. But he won the medical combine in this, and he was a big story that first couple of days. Yeah, I think people just wanted to see with their own eyes Jordan Love. You wanted to get in person and, and, and talk with him because there's a lot to work through there. The quarterback from Utah State. The quarterback from Utah State. I think that was that, – that, that everybody was glad that he did all the drills. And, you know, I, I would have loved to have been on an interview with him, you know, just to, just to vet that guy and see what he was. But there were a lot of people talking about him. All right. So, as we talk, let's discuss linebackers. Kenneth Murray, Oklahoma, Patrick Queen, LSU, both ran good 40 times. But then they pulled hamstrings. Did that did that hurt either one of them? Well, that bothered me. That bothered me a lot when I was sitting up there with that linebacker group, and I sit with a pretty big linebacker group during those drills. You know that I have for years. You know some of the faces have gotten younger, but some of them have stayed the same. Uh, and, and when both of those guys ran, Murray ran a four-five-two on his first one. Queen ran a four-five-zero, and both of us both of us said, "Don't run another one." Don't want to run another one. It's just like Isaiah Simmons. When he came out and jumped out what he did, everybody said, don't run another one. Just why? For why? And and, and both of them did, and they both they both tweaked a ham. I mean, that bothered me. That will not hurt their draft stock, 
but it will probably hurt their school workouts. Okay, and there's going to be a lot of people in it because both of these guys are legit. I mean, legit. And potential first round pick. Yes, they are, Mike. And I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know much. You know, Murray. I knew Queen better than I knew Murray because I do that coach to coach show with with you know Doug Matthews during the year, and it covers the Southeastern Conference. So I knew about him. I didn't know that much about Murray at Oklahoma, and they haven't played defense at Oklahoma in ten years. You know, but but this this guy since the Selmans. Yeah, since the Selmans. <laughs> Bosworth. Yeah, but this guy is legit. And he is legitimate. And uh, anyway, it bothered me. It won't hurt their draft stock. Now, Mac, you mentioned that Isaiah Simmons ran a four three nine. Rhett, do you think that that surprised teams that saw him run that? I initially said yes, but I'm going to say maybe, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. Because yeah. remember, this guy was asked to drop back in coverage and play some safety at Clemson. Let me give you some of the stats in this thing, because he was listed with the linebackers group in this. In linebackers, measuring in at six four, he's in the ninety third percentile in height. 39-inch vertical leap, 92nd percentile in that. 11-foot broad jump, 98th percentile. 4.39, the 99th percentile in linebackers. But unlike the aforementioned Kenneth Murray and Queen, he smartly ran a 4.39 on that first attempt, shut it down. Teams will get a further look at him on March the 12th at Clemson's Pro Day. Well, Mac. So where does he play? Is he a safety or is he a linebacker? Where does he fit in the National Football League? I think somebody will start him out on the open side as a drop-down guy and then use him everywhere in the sub-packages. We've already talked about sub-packages being 60% of your defense now. I mean, what I've seen some beautiful athletes, you know, in 35 years at the Combine. Beautiful athletes. This guy, whoa. Whoa. Oh, it's a whoa. I mean, when you just see him and you – I mean, there are some guys when they come up to the starting gate, you go, okay. And then just – this guy, I think they'll start him out, though, on the open side. But don't think that he won't do what he did at Clemson. He will He will play he, – he will drop down. He will – this guy is a perfect for what's going on. This is a perfect tight end matchup guy. You know how you have all those big combat catchers at tight ends now? I mean, this guy is a perfect matchup. If you're going to go in and play against somebody, even that's got a wide receiver, that's a combat catcher, that look, you're talking about four, three, nine guys. And so he it's not like that he's going to be outrun by very many receivers just squared up. And as big and as long as he is, this guy is a beautiful, beautiful chess piece for a defense to use to match up a lot of places. Dabo Sweeney's defensive staff at Clemson did a great job utilizing this kid they absolutely did they absolutely did you know uh, Brent Venables who's their defensive coordinator I know very well he's the next Kansas State guy he does an excellent excellent job I've seen his playbook you know I know what it is uh, and and what he does he does a lot of things akin to what goes on in the National Football League this guy whoever gets this chess piece is going to be really happy and given what coach Max just talked about with his freakish athletic ability and measurables and skill set I think he's the wild card defensive first round player in the draft that Thursday night. Somebody could take him top five if they just love him so much they don't think they can live without him. Yeah, it's like having um, a star player, the, a guy that plays the star position like Minka Fitzpatrick on steroids. Yeah, I but mean, not. But not on steroids. But not on steroids. Because he wouldn't be playing Absolutely anymore. He'd miss not. four yeah. games minimum. I, I, I know what you meant. Absolutely. That's poor choice of words. Yeah, that's part. okay. That's no, right. pretty good, actually. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. It's pretty funny. All right, Coach Mack, bunch of new drills at the Combine. Oh, I love You them. like the bunch of the new drills. We can't run through all of them. No. Give, give me three of them that you really thought better showcased 
the players' football. Talents. I like the Deuce Staley drill, and and here's the what Deuce I like. Staley drill. And, and here's what I like. You know, Deuce Staley is assistant head coach, run game coordinator at, at Philly. Here's here's the thing I liked about about Deuce Staley's drill. And when you go to school workouts, these are guys that are working out the guys because you understand how school workout goes. When you go, you know the 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 scouts set it up, but then they turn the the individual drills after they've done all their testing. They turn that over to position coaches. There are some guys that just you go to and you know we're going to be there. Deuce Staley, he runs a T. He runs a drill. He's called the T drill. Puts two bags together and then puts a, a elongated bag. It forms a T, and then they face him. And they do a lot of footwork within that T, and then they also come off and then evade after a real short stroke. You know, coming out of that out of that out of that T. And what that what that shows you because you've watched inside zone runs, outside zone runs, the quick decisions that back runners have to make, and the foot fire that they have to have inside to be able to jump gaps and do those types of things, and then evade second levels. You know, coming off not coming off flat, but that's what the T's for. It's, it's to make them come off with a little bit of separation. I love the T drill that, that, that he did. I mean, uh, that one I, I really, really liked. And then, then I like the drill Terrell Austin does. Terrell Austin, you know, is a, is, is a defensive back coach. He's now a senior defensive assistant. And, and what he does, what is more realistic than just the long flip turns, you know, that you don't ever see, you know, what, what, what he does with his, it's back pedal five, break downhill at a 45-degree angle, catch a ball, then he'll back pedal five, open to 90, which you have to do sometimes on, on out route, sprint to a spot, and then and then break down and turn 180 degrees because the quarterback now has taken his directional key the other way and then go and catch it. it I mean, he, he has done that for years at all the school workouts that I've gone to. I really like. And my favorite of all, and I was glad, and it, it's the Jim Washburn drill. The, the Jim Washburn drill. The Jim Washburn drill. I mean, I, it, and, and Jim Washburn, anytime that you went to work out a player and Jim Washburn was there at the defensive line, you knew you were going to watch a defensive lineman get a quality workout. And it's done with the two hoops that form a figure eight when you set them together. And Jim, used to do it with, you know, Wash used to do it with tennis balls. They did it at the combine with rolled up towels that were wrapped, you know, together. But you go and you bend and what it does, it sees if you can stay in that motorcycle lean for an extended bend, but also not just run, but be able to to balance and 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 to pick up that you pick up the 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 towel and take it to the other corner of the of the or the other side of the circumference you're running to drop it and then pick up with the alternate hand another one on the way it's a great drill wash used to do it all the time i love it i'm glad they incorporated it there and i'm glad they gave him a shout out on the on the network uh you know broadcast this is the jim washburn drill of course daniel jeremiah knows jim washburn because well, because he and he and Jeremiah he and Jeremiah Washburn worked together at Baltimore in a tremendous scouting department, you know, for Ozzie Newsom. All right. We've got to wrap this thing up. We've wrap talked up. about a lot Start of stuff. Wrapping. So I want everybody to think about your three players who helped themselves the most at the combine. Mac, you've got a notebook to flip through, so I'm gonna start with Rhett. Okay. I've got one on offense and two on defense, and I will start with the guy that I think was the story of the big men in Indianapolis, and that's Mekhi Becton, the tackle out of Louisville, one of the biggest men in this draft. Six foot seven, three eighths inches, three hundred sixty-four pounds. Arms thirty-five and five eighths. Wingspan over eighty-three inches. Twenty-three reps at two twenty-five. But the most impressive thing is he ran a five eleven forty time at three hundred sixty-four pounds. To put that in perspective, it's one tenth slower. Then quarterback Jake Fromm, who weighs 145 pounds less than Makai Becton. And at his size, only 17% body fat. So he is in pretty doggone good shape. He was the conversation of the big men at the combine. Coach Mack will say he'll never have to run 40 yards, but he could do it if he had to. 
Right, that's so the first one. That's the first. Give us your other two. Justin Matabike. He's the one interior defensive lineman that I have not mentioned in all this and could be a pass rusher. Texas A&M. Texas A&M, 6'2", 5'8", 293, wingspan over 80 inches, ran a 4'8", 340, third among all interior linemen at 293, 31 reps at 225 in the top five of that category of the 337 that were invited and had the best three-cone drill time, which shows that lateral movement at 731. Uh, initial reports were talking about he didn't have a good first step get off, but he had a 1.74-second split in the 40. That is a guy that's rising up the charts in this. And the last one is a guy that had off-field trouble with Mississippi State. He was uh, suspended nine, eight games during 28, uh, 2019. Had an altercation right here at the Music City Bowl with his uh, freshman quarterback. And that's Willie Gay Jr. of Mississippi State. 6'1 and 1'8", 243. Hands an enormous 10 and 4 eighths inches. Wingspan at 78 inches. Uh... He ran a 40-yard dash in 4.46, had an 11-foot, 4-inch broad jump, and a 39-and-a-half-inch vertical. This is a guy, if the interviews went well about whatever happened off the field, is another linebacker prospect that is rising. Justin Jefferson, LSU, we've already talked about him. Going in, and I'm looking at my notes here, i got versatile wide receiver skills to play from slot to outside. Great route runner, hands, ball skills. But he showed the speed that he has. I don't think anybody thought that he had the speed that, that he did. I thought he helped himself. And along that line, I talked about the tight ends not being a real deep group. I thought two tight ends helped themselves. Albert Okwe Binaman from, from, from Missouri. I mean, look, he didn't have a great year this year. We all know that. But 6'5", 250 pounds, the second fastest guy for a player that size, he ran 4'49". Okay, and so you're talking about a guy that big that can run that fast, you'll find a place for him. You'll fix him. All right, Missouri had problems besides him, but this guy this guy helped himself a lot. Another tight end, Joseph of Josiah Duquara from Cincinnati. This tight end helped himself. He's 6'2", 242 pounds, 25 bench press, uh, 35 and a half vert, 4'7", 240. This is a guy that you can split out. This, people are using so many H-backs in 12 personnel right now. He helped himself quite a he helped himself quite a bit. Can we give Mac a round of applause for the names that he just whipped out of there like that? I came in with my pronunciation chart to say Noah Igbenogany, and I thought that I was just going to blow you all out of the water. Mac's over here just ripping these names like Not he had coach. dinner with them last He's week. A true pro. This is not his first row. Okay, I'm very so impressed. so we don't have <laughs> Thanks, a Amy. we don't yeah. have a typical <laughs> yeah. what's brewing on this edition of the OTP, but I do have a what's brewing for each of you to basically say possible or not as realistic. I've pulled five five mock drafts post-combine. Okay. And I've looked at who they have selected in these mock drafts for the Titans. I want to see what you think, beginning with Coach Mack, and then we'll work around. All right? So, Amy, you're involved in this, too. This is your what's brewing assignment as well. Okay. I, I like I, it. I usually get I like, tricked in these. Can I games. say this? I like when Amy's involved. <laughs> I do too. I usually get tricked in this thing. No, she's there's get no trick. In these there's games. no trick. No tricks in mischief. Okay, ESPN's Todd McShay says the Tennessee Titans, with the 29th pick, will select Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. Coach Mack, could that happen? Yes. Amy Wells. Sure. Absolutely, it could. All right. NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah says, with the 29th pick, the Tennessee Titans select. Joshua Jones, offensive tackle, Houston. No. I don't think so. 
Yes. Yes, says Coach Mack. Hmm. The Athletics' Dane Brugler says at pick number 29, the Tennessee Titans select Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle, Boise State. You heard that name already, you didn't you? You said it. You heard that name already. Uh, to me, maybe not not there. Okay. I'd take it. Not there, lower. Not, not there. Okay, so him. Sports Illustrated puts together their own mock. And with the 29th pick, Sports Illustrated says the Tennessee Titans select Kristen Fulton, cornerback LSU, Rhett Bryant. I could absolutely see that. Okay. Yes. Yes, I agree, too. Bleacher Reports' Matt Miller says with the 29th pick, Amy, you're going first here. Okay. With the 29th pick, the Tennessee Titans select Jonathan Taylor, running back Wisconsin. No. Yes. Yes. Really? Oh. That guy's a big dude. Oh. This and is he, where I get tricked. This he, is why we play he, the game, yes ladies it. and gentlemen. He ran. See? What was his 40 at the combine, Coach 438. Mack? 438. And that's for a dude, a big dude. Now, the only concern I have for him. That's none. That's not mine. And uh, I know what you're going to say. It, it is the wear and tear. He has 900 and 36 carries at oh, the University I love of this game. That's but that's what they, but that's what they so do, happy. right? Yeah, but, but nearly 1,000 carries in college. Guess which game we're going to keep playing through the rest of the spring. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> it's correct. Rhett Bryan, how do people follow you on the Twitter machine? At Rhett, that's R-H-E-T-T, the letter B, Tennessee. At Rhett B, Tennessee. All right, Amy Wells. At Titans Amy, A-M-I-E. And Coach Mack is on 104.5 The Zone, our station in Nashville. How many times a week now? Well, Rhett and I were on He's all day. He's going to take up residence yeah. there. We were on all day yesterday with the, with the, you know, with the tornado. Sure. Which was – but anyway, I'm on there a lot. I'm on, <laughs> I'm I'm on, on there a lot. I'm on here a lot, too. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. Good, good stuff. So, uh, thanking Coach Mack and Rhett Bryan, uh, Titans Radio's draft duo. And for Amy Wells, Mike Keith says, thanks for being with us for this edition of the OTP.